BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. It is a Thursday that I totally thought was a Wednesday when I woke up with a migraine this morning. I was so confused. I had no way to know what day it was. I had to check my phone. And we are here. It is very rainy and stormy in New York City. It's a stormy Webster kind of day, but those are the best days in the queue. Hey, Claude, what's good? Hey guys, welcome to the Morning Toast. I'm Claudia. I am back on a normal sleep schedule and I have never felt more alive. Like I was in bed 1230, up 930. Like how normal am I? That's very normal. A good nine hours. Yeah. And like not crazy hours, just like standard. Like when people go to sleep, I just feel so human. I'm only human and I bleed when I fall down. No, that's that's really great. I'm happy for you. This was just not my day so far. This episode's going to be a little late for people because I woke up with a migraine and I just couldn't, but I'm feeling a little better. So we're here, but now I'm like ran out of my medicine. So like, I'm going to have to go out in this storm and get more. Oh man, your magic pills. Yeah. My magic pills. I need them. Um, I hate to, you know, change the subject so quickly, but can we just address the sweatshirt that you're wearing? Oh, yes. It's actually a vintage relic at this point. It's a, like, it's a cultural relic. It is a a sweatshirt. It's a sweatshirt from Kyle Richards' former show on Paramount called American Woman about her mom and her life growing up. Uh, We were at a screening and we got these sweatshirts and they're honestly so comfortable. And that's when I said yesterday that I was looking for all my zip ups. I legit have four sweaters with a zip. Two of them are the American woman and two of them are from Surf Lodge. And I'm just in like a zip up kind of mood. We are both like rocking such culturally important sweatshirts because I'm wearing a Wild Fox sweatshirt that Taylor Swift also has. And she wore the matching pants in the Miss Americana documentary. So like we are just two women supporting women. Oh, for sure. This show is actually pretty good, American woman. I, I don't know why it got canned. Yeah, it got sacked almost immediately, and I love her, and we're going to talk so much about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but, like, you know how you have that guy who's in every TV show that you like that always ends up getting canceled? That's, like, Kyle mm-hmm. Richards. Like, none of her TV projects, like, really ever take off. Yeah, but I feel like for American Woman, like, the problem was it was on Paramount Network, and, like, nothing really hit there. Even, want to know something so crazy, Waco was originally on Paramount Network. That's where it premiered, and that's why we never fucking heard of it. Yeah, because Paramount Network went through like a weird um, rebrand because they were Spike TV, which was like a weird channel, but it had its like niche audience with like people who ride motorcycles. And then they decided to do like a totally um, random rebrand into like Paramount, which was like this, you know, cinematographer's dream network. And they were like trying so hard to be like Hollywood vibe. Um, And it just didn't work out. But I think that's the channel that um, Chrissy Teigen's Lip Sync Battle is on. 
Yeah, no, they actually do like premium content, but I guess not enough people get the channel in order to watch the shows. And that's possible. I don't know if I get it. I don't know if I get it either. But anyways, grateful for the sweatshirt, grateful for Waco. And yeah, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is kind of the only reason I got up this morning. Like otherwise, uh, this episode is, there's not like so much we need to talk about. The celebs are taking a day off. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a nice, quick little episode today, but if you're looking for more content, our last episode of the month of April for our Patreon channel went up. I did a podcast episode with Ben. It was so funny. We were literally fighting the whole time, but like in a cute, funny way, like not in a problematic way. I hope not. So it's on the Patreon channel, patreon.com slash toast. And when you sign up, it's $9 a month, but when you sign up, you get access to all the past episodes. So it's almost like 200 episodes now. So perfect for quarantine. There's videos, there's podcasts, patreon.com slash toast. Love it. Okay, before we get into anything else, we have a major update for you guys regarding Camp Toast 2020. We said that we were going to wait until May to make a decision, and May begins tomorrow, so we've made our decision. And unfortunately, we have to postpone Camp Toast. It doesn't make any sense for us to do it Memorial Day weekend. That is like very eager of us to think that we could. So we are moving Camp Toast to September, the weekend of September 10th to the 13th. It will start on a Thursday evening and end on a Sunday because there's no, like, we don't have a long weekend that we could do it on. So it'll start on a Thursday evening and on a Sunday, September 10th to the 13th. We are going to postpone it in Eventbrite. If you already have a ticket and you want to keep your ticket, great. You don't have to do anything. If you can no longer go this weekend in September, you can get a refund for your ticket. Your spot will open up. Other toasters can come instead. So we will have all the information for you in the groups on Instagram or be taking your questions. You can always email us, but that is the official word on Camp Toast 2020. So it's still happening just in like four months. Yeah. We know there was a lot of concern about the event being canceled and we did not want to do that. So hopefully everything's good by September. Like if shit isn't good by September, like we're, uh, I get if shit isn't good by September, like we have much bigger problems than Camp Toast. Yeah, know? totally. And I think we'll be we'll be totally fine. Yeah, I I'm very optimistic that it will be great. I'm looking forward to like a nice fall weekend in the Poconos with the toasters. And it's like a great way to celebrate everything that this year has brought. Yeah. So don't worry if you can't make it. We will see you next year and you will, you are entitled to a full refund. And if you weren't able to come for one reason or another, you had a wedding or something, maybe now you can come. So it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. It's going to be really fun. And I feel like by September, I mean, hopefully we'll be out of the queue on May 15th and things will slowly be getting back to normal. But by September, like we'll be able to go balls to the walls, all toasters on deck it's going to be craziness. It's going to be the celebration we've been waiting for, like the block party that we've been talking about. So I'm now even more excited about it. It's going to be good, you guys. So stay tuned and thanks for being patient with us. Yes. Okay. So I think without time, it's without further ado, it's time to get into the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. Okay, first up, the big news of the week, even though Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler thought it was going to be them, it is Gigi Hadid and Zayn Malik's little bebe. And even though they did not confirm it themselves, Yolanda has confirmed the news. So that's as much of a confirmation as we're ever going to get. Yolanda Hadid has confirmed that her supermodel daughter, Gigi Hadid, is pregnant. The Dutch-born former Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star said the recent rumors are true that Gigi, 25, and boyfriend Zayn Malik, 27, are expecting their first child, sharing the news with Dutch TV program RTL Boulevard. She said, quote, still shocked our little secret got leaked to the press. Of course, we are so excited, Yolanda said per the outlet's Instagram post from Wednesday. 
quote, I'm excited to become Oma in September, especially after I lost my mom so recently. But this is the beauty of life. One soul leaves us and a new one comes in. We feel very blessed. Also, TMZ has reported that Gigi and Zane are expecting a girl. I just like... I, I still, like, can't and refuse to believe that this is true. Like, I know Yolanda confirmed it, and, like, that's, to be honest, like, even when I was posting on our Instagram that they were pregnant and they were expecting a girl, part of me thought that this whole thing was, like, going to end up not being true, but Yolanda confirming it is actual confirmation, and I just can't believe it. Like, to me, it's so crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy. You know what I just realized yesterday, like, eight hours after we recorded the toast and talked about it? I remember that Gigi was dating Tyler Cameron. Like, I completely forgot about that. Oh, wait. Did you see, like, Tyler Cameron sp- confirmed speculation that he is not the father of Gigi Hadid's baby? Like, nobody fucking thought that. Yeah, except she is due in September, like, probably around the time of Camp Toast 2020, um, which means I, I can't really do math on the spot right now because my head hurts, but it means she's kind of far along. She's five months along, 20 weeks. Wow. Yeah, no, she honestly kept it a secret for, like, a good amount of time. I mean, nobody is as iconic or as prolific as Kylie keeping her entire thing, pregnancy, um, a secret. And there was, like, speculation, but honestly, I did not think she was actually pregnant until the day the baby came out of her vagina. So, like, kudos to her. But Gigi did what she could. Five months is a lot for, like, a major celebrity, two major celebrities. Yeah, I totally agree. So... That's so exciting. I just like when I was thinking of Gigi and Zayn, how they're OTP, they've always dated other people, but they come back to each other. Like I completely forgot about the part where she was dating Tyler Cameron and she like took the world by storm. That was the craziest thing a celebrity's ever done. It's been a crazy year for Gigi. Honestly, I think her dating Tyler Cameron is crazier than her being pregnant right now with Zayn's better. I I think they're both actually equally as crazy. Um, Do you know what it is? It's like the Tyler thing was so crazy, but it wasn't unbelievable. Like part of this is just so not believable to me. I don't know why. I'm the complete opposite. Like the Tyler thing was unbelievable to me. This is like, oh my gosh, they're in love. They've been dating for so long. They're having a baby. That's what you do. No. Okay. So for me, like the Tyler thing, like there were so many hints, like there was the following, there was like the, the mom thing. Like there was so much, like when it actually got confirmation that they were dating, I was like, not surprised. I'm like, damn, this is crazy. But I wasn't taken off guard with this baby thing. Like what I know about Gigi and Zane's relationship is that it's like really on and off or kind of tumultuous. Like to me, this is genuine shock, sudden shock. No, to me, like just because Gigi followed the cute guy from The Bachelor does not mean she's stepping out with him at Soho House. He's staying at her house and making that walk down that like iconic street that she lives on, like going to the Netherlands for her grandma's funeral. That was weird. No, that was some crazy shit. That was crazier than this to me. That will ever be like, that was on the level of Megan and Harry of a Hallmark star and the Prince. Totally. And you know, what's so interesting is like where Tyler's at now versus where he was at after the bachelor, you know? Yeah. But he's still kind of a tier above bachelor life, except that because he's dating someone from the bachelor world, he's very much a bachelor guy now. Yeah, but he'll probably never go on one of those shows, like Paradise. I think if he was offered The Bachelor, he wouldn't take it. I I don't think we'll really ever see him in, like, a traditional Bachelor setting ever again. Yeah, I would agree with that. We'll see. He's come too far. I agree. Well, anyways, I'm so happy for um, Gigi. I'm so happy for Yolanda. I'm so excited to talk about Beverly Hills because she did come up in the episode. That was so crazy. 
that was so random and like so wonderful when she called her Yolanda Foster. It's like Yolanda Hadid. Yeah, crazy. Okay. I think that her and Erica are still really good friends. I think so too. There was like a nice um, genuine friendship when like Yolanda brought her onto the show. And like Erica, a lot of times, like when the women bring on a woman into the show, like it never ends well. But that's like one of the rare occasions where like that mutual love and respect for each other, even though Yolanda like faded from the show, like not in the most delightful way. It really, they always stayed true to each other and I love them. Yeah. Okay. Next story, uh, because Kendall Jenner has uh, stepped out with the most iconic tweet of all time because people on Twitter were talking about her dating life, uh, TMZ Sports tweeted about the story that she was with Devin Booker taking a road trip and someone commented a video like of three guys like throwing a girl around and they're like NBA players with Kendall Jenner. And someone replied to that video said, maybe she's passing them around. And Kendall replied to that tweet and said, they act like I'm not in full control of where I throw this cooch. Such a fucking amazing response. First of all, the phrase throw this cooch, here for it. And just like the way people talk about like women and like just the fact that Kendall had to see like it's just so vile like who the fuck speaks like that like no one would say that sorry to sound like Taylor Swift but like no one would say that if it was you know Bradley Cooper dating a million models like no one thinks twice and the way they speak about her so vulgar passing her around yeah I agree and I'm glad she took control because like that is the funniest fucking tweet um all of her sisters chimed in like can you imagine? I didn't know that she had this kind of rhetoric in her, and I'm so absolutely here for it, and I hope it is true. I hope she is dating that guy because she's in full control of where she throws that cooch. Two things to say. One, she was trending on Twitter all day. Like, I saw that tweet come up a million times. She was trending on Twitter all day, so, like, great day for Kris Jenner. You know, it's been a slow news day with the COVID crisis. And the second thing I want to say is some information I found out about Devin Booker. Is that his name? The um, NBA mm-hmm. player? Is that there was a a lot of speculation that he dated Jordan Woods like for a little while before the Tristan Thompson thing. So I'm on Twitter right now. And one of the replies to Kendall's tweet is that, uh, that gif of the guy who like, obviously just like said something crazy and his friends are freaking out. You know, this oh, iconic I know that gif. gif. I love that gif. And I just like, that's exactly how I feel right now. Even you saying Jordan Woods, I'm like, I'm his friends, you know? Yeah. Um, And now I just wanted to follow up to that because there's an article, Jordan Woods drags Kendall Jenner in shady tweet after being spotted with her ex. So Jordan Woods may have just thrown some subtle shade at former friend Kendall Jenner over her new love interest. A reality star and model Jenner was spotted hanging out with Devin Booker. Reports claim the pair made an eight hour journey, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Let me get to the tea. Here's what, here's where it gets interesting. It turns out Booker used to date Jordan Woods, who was famously shunned by the Kardashian Jenners after the infamous Tristan Thompson dating scandal. Woods and Booker even went on a double date with Kendall and her ex-boyfriend Ben Simmons in 2018 TMZ reports. It appears Jordan found humor in the situation. Some of her eagle-eyed followers spotted her tweeting, haha, good morning, followed by a separate tweet of three trash can emojis. Soon after posting, she deleted the tweets. I just... It's like, girl, don't even... Like really, Don't even like at no, least she waited I, I for mean, you to stop dating. At least she waited for you to stop dating this guy before trying to hook up with him. That's not your mojo. Right. You hook up with him even though he was with Chloe, <laughs> right? And also, like you're not friends anymore, so she can date. No, what is she up to? She's such an enigma to me. You know, like an interesting level of fame where she was never really actually famous. 
for anything other than being Kylie's friend. But then she literally was one of the biggest news stories of like 2019. And I just find her so interesting. I wonder like how she makes money. I'm sure she actually makes a lot of money. I think she does too. Like where she lives looks really nice and she has so many Instagram followers and brand deals. And I think she does really well. So I'm happy. I think it worked out well for everyone. Yeah. And I think she comes from a wealthy family. Perhaps. Okay. Next story, some exciting content news. Netflix's The Politician season two release date gets uh, release date confirmed. Um, So this is really exciting. Netflix's series, The Politician, which was everything of the sort, if you haven't watched it yet, please go do, had a brilliant response when it was released back in 2019. And luckily the cast and crew finished filming season two ahead of the coronavirus lockdown. Speaking about the upcoming series, creator Ryan Murphy confirmed it was being released on the streaming service in June. Chatting to Collider, he said, quote, we were lucky enough that we finished filming and editing right before the coronavirus thing happened. We have seven. We have finished all of our episodes. He continued, we have a great second season. I think we're trying to figure out how we, how do we mix them now in the social distancing age? I think we figured it out. It's going to come out in the middle of June still, season two. I'm really proud of it. I love what we came up with, Brad Falchuk, Ian, and Ian Brennan and I. Yay. That's so great. Finally, like someone taking note. Again, I don't know how many times I have to say it, the society. Like there's, and by the way, we've been saying this since like day one of quarantine and it's been a long time. And I really still don't feel like anyone is really taking advantage in like the streaming wars of the fact that like people are desperate for content. Yeah. I feel like Netflix is probably the most, but here's what I don't understand. And the society is different because they haven't filmed the episodes. They can't give it to us. They just can't. Like, there's nothing that they can give us. But the politician is done. Drop it now. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that there's similar shows in the similar position as um, the politician that are filmed, that are edited. Like, even if you think of Too Out to Handle, it was filmed over a year ago. Like, they have content in the queue. And I don't know why in the queue we're not getting what we need. Also, in June, hopefully, like, we will be resuming some semblance of normal life. Um, it won't be as dire then as it is now. I got plans. I got trips, like, in June, if, <laughs> because I'm getting out in June. I'm getting out. I'm, I'm getting out. Well, it's May 15th. So, days like today. It's monsoon season outside. Like, I've never been happier to be home. And, you know, I know I say, like, something different every week, but this week I'm actually really enjoying quarantine. Like, I got new sheets. You could see they're from Brooklyn, and they're so white and fresh. And I'm just, like, I'm feeling happy, which is a new feeling for me. Wow. That must be nice. Okay. Ready for our next story? Uh, speaking of Q competitors, Google's Zoom rival called Meet is now free to customers. Google on Wednesday said it's making its teleconferencing service called Google Meet free to customers. The move takes aim at Zoom, the rival video chat service that's become a household name during the stay-at-home era spurned by the coronavirus. Previously, Meet was only able available to paying customers of G Suite, Google's line of enterprise apps that includes Gmail, Drive, and Docs. Until now, anyone could join a meeting by clicking on a link, but creating a meeting required a G Suite membership. So now they're making this available to everyone. They're hoping to become a competitor of zoom and again i'm just feeling it's too little too late like we're getting out in 16 days yeah i also um don't really work super like corporately so i was not familiar with like the landscape of these kind of um interfaces and now that i'm in quarantine and i'm being forced like i understand that zoom is like the best thing but like when did zoom become the hottest thing like and not google hangouts because the last time i was like an intern in the corporate world like google hangouts was the place to be no totally and zoom was like 
the Skype of conference sessions. It's like, no one's like always on it, but everyone can get on it if they need to. But not everyone has Google Hangouts Gmail, but most people that you confer with do. I don't know what happened to Google Hangouts. This seems like a missed opportunity for them. Zoom really got their shit together because not only do they do all the meetings, like they have all of the little things that you can need, like even recording, like how we do. Um, You can take your video like on and off. You can like arrange all the faces in different ways. Like it's great for podcasts. It's great for meetings. Like I don't know why people would use something else at this point. Like Zoom gets it all done. Oh, except that Zoom has like major data breach issues and it's like not (sighs) totally private. So, hey, FBI, hey, CIA, can you get my migraine pills delivered? Can you get my migraine pills delivered? Um, Yeah, but then also I I get for like a work situation, definitely these platforms are the shit. But like ever since FaceTime allowed you to FaceTime with more than one person, like that is truly the platform of all platforms. Oh, yeah, for damn sure. Except, like, even when we do our uh, happy hours, we don't do them on FaceTime. We do them on Zoom. There's something a little bit more, like, yeah, there's something more, like, we're having a plan if we're using Zoom and a computer. That's the exact difference. FaceTime is very spur of the moment. Like, hey, let's just invite Jackie to this FaceTime. Whereas Zoom is like a plan. It's on the calendar. It's scheduled out. Um, So they're both great. And those are the two platforms I happen to be using the most. Yes. Me too, for sure. I don't think I've used anything else at this point. Well, we used Skype for Dr. Deborah Burks. And we used a WebEx for something. Oh, for that internal meeting that we were so funny at, remember? Yeah, yeah, that was good times. That feels like forever ago. Jack and I hosted some internal meeting for like 50 people, and it was so funny. Like, we literally should have recorded it and sold it as a comedy special. We were being hilarious. Actually, really, yeah, we really were. Hilarious. Oh my God, thanks. It like never happens. So funny. Science, remember? Oh, it's annoying to talk about inside yeah. jokes. But. I think I have good like corporate humor, you know? Because you rocked it for so long. Totally. Okay, our fifth and final story. Very sweet story. Mattel pays tribute to frontline workers with special edition collectible action figures. From New York City's Blue Angels and Thunderbirds flyby to local parades, people around the world are finding unique ways to say thank you to those working on the front line of the coronavirus pandemic. Businesses, too, no matter how big or how small, are doing their part to assist those most impacted by the crisis. Most recently, Mattel showed its support for heroes with a new set of collectible action figures, profits of which will go directly to the communities who need it most. The hashtag Thank You Heroes collection, which launched on Wednesday, features 16 action figures represented by doctors, delivery drivers, nurses, and EMTs. Five Little People community champions are also included in the collection, which features a grocery store worker, doctor, nurse, medical technician, and delivery driver. So, So, yeah, it's cute. This is a trend I'm seeing a lot with corona and i'm trying not to be negative because i understand that everyone's doing their part but like to me i think like donating a portion of your proceeds is like so shady because if you think about it like you're really only doing it because you made money and it's like that's not real charity like we actually and also donating a portion of your proceeds like while yes it's it's semi-altruistic it's also a marketing campaign and so then you're right. using, like, I, I understand so many, so many companies are doing it. And like, I think it's overall, it's good because it ends up in a good place, but like, it just doesn't sit totally well with me when it comes to like, people have said like, we should do that. And I'm like, I'm happy to donate, but I don't like using something like that as like a marketing thing. 
yeah, we had this conversation with our merch because we were like, should we do like a portion of the proceeds? And it's like Jackie and I have both on social media, but also privately like donated to things that are important. Like for me, it's like I would rather instead of buying a Mattel doll, it's like I would rather buy a meal for a nurse because I don't know where that portion of the doll, which organization it's going to, and then who that organization is giving the money to. Like, I don't know. It's just something about this. I've seen it a lot with like influencers and bloggers too, like doing their launches or, or, you know, selling whatever, like portion of the proceeds. And to me, it's like, it just doesn't seem genuine. And it's like, I don't know where that money's going. That's what's so like, disheart, like scary. Okay. I, I I feel like we actually, we, we both disagree with it, but for different reasons. And I also feel like with some influencers, they're very transparent about where the money is going and they'll show you, you know, it's kind of like a Bethany thing. Um, it's a Danielle Bernstein thing. Like she's doing yes. a lot of good shit. So it's not always like that, but I just feel like people are like, oh, I feel weird about launching something right now. How do I make it about coronavirus? Let me donate a portion of the proceeds. And then it's like, you just do it to sort of tie into this tragedy. And it just like donate or don't donate, but like, I'm not buying your sweatsuit because I think I'm doing something good for the world. Yeah. There's just something like inherently tacky about it. Yeah, I I, I agree. But like it's it's not con- it, it's no, but it's not considered tacky like to a consumer. It's not until oh. you're put into that position of like I never thought anything of it until we were doing like a merch launch and I think some people had suggested and I was like, Oh, that's a nice idea. Let me like think it through and then it's like then we're just like using this as a way to get people to buy our merch. I just don't like that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, and I if would I, just if we wanted to I'd right. I'd rather donate and I don't need to tell you all about it. Like agreed. And uh, agreed. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad that I don't know. I'm glad. What was the story? (laughs) The Barbies. Like I just I'm done. Right. And so sorry, what I was gonna say about that is like a huge company like Mattel, like just fork over twenty grand. Stop with this. Nobody really needs an action figure of someone bagging groceries. Like it's not really a need thing. Like, but I I see that you want to do good. Like put your money where your mouth is. Just write a fucking check. Don't make me pay you so that you'll pay. Yep. 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 Okay. I hear you. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, another fabulous episode. Like nothing even happened. I just like want to invited to the next dinner party at Kyle's house because she is so fabulous. Her house is so fabulous. She always, she always has drinks. Like her whole dinner parties are always revolved around the bar. And like, I really love and appreciate that. And she invited the lady sitter. I'm like, I just wanted to be there so badly. Oh my God. No, I, that was like, I did not want to be there. That was weirdly the strangest dinner party. Like so awkward and boring, especially considering all the women went into the party, like on such great terms. So happy to see each other. Like, can't wait. We're all going to drink. And then like, it was one of like the worst dinner parties I've ever seen. Oh, I just, yes, you're right about that. But like, I'm just craving a dinner party. I think that part of where they went wrong and you're right, like everyone showed up for the most part besides for Sutton and Teddy, like all the ladies are like really jiving really well. And I think where they went wrong was with the seating where they literally did like a machitza, boys and girls. And it was like a separated dinner where like, if you weren't a cast member, you weren't allowed to talk. And they like played these games where it's like, if they had just had a real dinner and filmed it, I think it would have been more interesting. No, honestly, where they went wrong is that Sutton and Teddy, the only two people who are like kind of miffed with one another, shouldn't be sitting next to each other. And then we have to go around and talk about the person next to us. It's like, they set them up for that disaster calamity. And also like, I love a game where we like talk about, you know, the accolades of the person next to us or or someone's birthday. But it was just like, it was really, it was a strange game, especially to be played amongst most of the women who are very close. So you're really only doing it for Sutton. And 
Don't worry. She'll say something when she has something to say. She is just like really bothering me so much. And I'm really like shook that Kyle is kind of gravitating towards her. And Kyle explained in her testimonial that like she just kind of feels bad for Sutton because Sutton is kind of acting like she's intimidated by this group. But it's like, I didn't really get that at all. I mean, Teddy and Kyle are so close. I was just kind of shocked that she didn't stand up to Sutton more like on behalf of her friend. So I didn't feel like Sutton did anything wrong in this episode, honestly. Okay. I think that she was just being weird and nothing that could like really put her in the wrong until she said, and then you were pregnant. Oh God. Like that was just so rude. Like so rude. Not, not anything other than just like hurtful. And honestly, I understand Teddy's hormonal. And then like someone's making fun of her, someone she's been butting heads with. And then they say something like really so fucked up. Like I thought that was where she lost me. Like I thought Teddy was being a drama queen until she said that. Um, I don't think it was so fucked up. I understood why Teddy got emotional because she's probably feeling all of these things and, and that's fine. And I might've gotten emotional too. But then like, as a viewer, I don't think what she said was fucked up. Every woman in that room like has been pregnant. Like it's not a slight, but it's like when you're pregnant, like if you're boring before when you're pregnant, like you might be more boring because most like you can't drink. Like I didn't think she was saying it in any, like she's been pregnant. I don't think she was just speaking from her experience. Probably. I didn't, I, I really didn't I did not like that it. at all. I didn't, I, like, it wasn't the best thing anyone's ever said, but I didn't think it was, like, I thought she was just being funny about how she thought Teddy was going to be so boring, and she was just going in on that side until she was going to be like, but you're actually this, that, and the other. Yeah, and what was interesting was that when Teddy got up, she wasn't really angry about the the pregnant thing. She was angry about, like, I'm trying to be chill, and it's like, Teddy kind of entered the season, like, having an identity crisis, where it's like, she's trying to take feedback from viewers about, like, chilling out, but she's just not a chill person, and, like, that's okay, but she keeps trying to be something she's not, and I think it's creating more problems for her. I totally agree. Like, you're not a chill person. You're never gonna be. That's, like, so many people are like you, high strung, you know, like, Enneagram one, like, and that, just be yourself. Totally. I, I like, so I thought it was what I took umbrage with. It didn't really seem like Teddy did because she was already so upset. And then she got up and she was crying about being chill. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's just like a lot. I think also like the thing with the text message, like it obviously didn't go over well with anyone because it was the strangest text ever. And I think she, she's just emotional and pregnant. Like I, I could see that happening to me also when it feels like everyone's going around, like I could see. Everyone's going around the table having no issue saying something nice about the person next to them. And then you get the person who's supposed to say something nice about you is like, it's just so backhanded because you guys actually, there's nothing nice to say. And like, you're already emotional and pregnant. And like, yeah, I'm going to start crying. So their interaction was awkward. But I think what was even more awkward was Denise trying to say something nice about Sutton because they obviously don't know each other. They're incredibly different. And Denise is just like really lovely and not catty and rude like that. So she was just like, I just think you're lovely. Like it was yeah, so she- weird. Yeah, she just, like, used all nice words, like, down to earth, like, blah, 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 like, not true, but okay. That but the, old, like <laughs> the moment between Erica and Dorit was, like, maybe one of the best moments ever because they, like, came out so rough, and now I like them both so much individually, and the fact that they're, like, seeing one another is so fabulous. So fabulous, and, like, they're so, like, to the untrained eye, they're so similar, but once you get to know them, they are so different. 
totally. But we did get to see like a little bit more of Dorit's house. I'm just like so invested and concerned about like the finances. But we were talking about last week how like she has a nice house, but like we don't know where it is. But it turns out she lives right around the corner from um, Kyle and Mauricio. And they're obviously doing really, really well. They definitely live in a fancy area. So I think it's safe to assume that Dorit and PK like moved into a swanky neighborhood in a swanky $6 million house. So by the looks of it, it looks like things might be okay. And what I don't understand is like, if they don't have the money in the bank, like how do you get a $6 million house? And, and like, if it's possible, just like, let me know. But like you have, or no, when she goes to the store and buys everything on the Chanel rack and she gives her credit card, but she doesn't have the money in the bank. How does the credit card go through? Like, that's what I don't understand. If, if well, that's this- the case. This is where Dorit sometimes, and her wardrobe, which is fabulous, gives me a little bit of a Leanne Locken vibe because Leanne Locken on, I just think Dorit has better style. So at first I didn't notice, like Leanne Locken wore a Chanel belt, Chanel jewelry, Chanel bag, Chanel shoes, every single episode, a different Chanel jewelry, Chanel bags. It was crazy. And if you know a lot about her, you know, she was not the wealthiest on the show. And she talked about it a lot about her wedding. Like she struggled financially. So it made no sense. And it was so obvious. It's like, you're living this life, but then you're showing up in a different Gucci belt every day. Like it didn't make sense. And I think now I'm like looking back on the Dorit thing. It's like she, and I don't know what the answer was with Leanne. Like maybe she was borrowing from like a rich friend, but Dorit mm-hmm. is maybe giving me a similar vibe. Okay. I hear what you're saying, but I totally disagree because with Leanne, like it was like, she was all so high fashion, but then would talk about how she like didn't have money for her wedding, you know, nothing else added up, but then she's stepping out. And I really do think she was borrowing from maybe friends or like boutiques or whatever. But with Dorit, like every since season one, she's been stepping out like with this season, everything like the best, the creme de la creme, but like her house matches her wardrobe, you know, PK's job matches her wardrobe. That's true. There's a level of consistency that Leanne Locken lacked. Yeah, I think it's so different. I think, honestly, it's like if Dorit is not the real deal, it's like on a much bigger scale. I don't think that Leanne, like, was embezzling. Yeah, I don't think she's, like, spending money that she doesn't have. Like, I think it's two different situations. I just think it's so crazy, and you really can't hide. Like, she's just so exposed right now, and um, I'm just so concerned. Either it's, like, totally untrue or 100% true. Like, there's no in-between here. But I don't know how they've been on TV now, like, for four or five seasons. And, like, the government doesn't look into them or something. So I'm just I, – like, I need to just believe that they're they're by the book. I can't. I, so. I can't. I just – I don't want to be seeing, like, an episode of American Greed about them. Their house is so nice. I love this new house. But it's, like, everything Dorit does is just, like – even her Versace look in her confessional, like she even has a Versace scrunchie. Like she doesn't skimp out on anything. Oh my God. Erica going in on Sutton's looks is one of my favorite things happening on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Sutton's just so obnoxious, like ready to wear. Yeah. I actually really liked Sutton's dress at the dinner party. I thought it was really cute. Um, But yeah, they, they're not vibing. I feel like that's an underlying current. What's with Sutton's boyfriend? He's so mysterious. He doesn't talk. Oh, yeah. Everyone was, like, showing up with guys last night. And then Lady Sitter was sitting next to this guy. And I'm like, he looks so familiar. Who is that? Who is that? And I was like, oh, it's Edwin. (laughs) He looks so different. (laughs) No, also, the seating was so weird. No one was sitting next to their husband except 
in terms of husbands, like the MVP of this entire series is Mauricio Umansky. I love how he used to be like so involved in drama, like having uh, Kyle's back, like running around town with Ken Vanderpump. Now he just like smokes pot before every event and he's just so happy and I love him. Yeah, we need to talk about what was actually the craziest scene at the dinner party was Aaron and Denise and Aaron talking about what he does for a living. And like, first of all, Kyle asking that question, like out of absolutely nowhere, like nobody asked, nobody cared. So maybe she knew that there was something there. Um, And him talking about like this new medicine and technology and how like the government is trying to like, you know, he's obviously... Involved. I don't it's actually, nothing's obvious cancer we've all had cancer nothing about what he said was obvious um Did you know that was just friend yeah that was really really crazy but I, I also feel like Denise has a, a like is not delusional so if she thinks people are following her like people might be following her by the way I believe that people are following her I just don't think it's the government I think it's losers oh or maybe it's like Charlie Sheen's P.I. Yeah, I, honestly, the whole conversation was so strange, but I really wanted to hear more from Lisa Rinna because it sounded like she knew more. She's like, her husband is really into something energy and she knows a lot about it. And I just wanted to hear what she was talking about. But I, honestly, I, the whole conversation went completely over my head. No, it was so crazy. That was like hilarious, but so weird. I, it was really weird. Strange. Yeah. Um. Okay, what else? I think those that were the big it. things. I mean, Sutton, I just want, I just have to talk more shit about her. She bothers me so much. Um, her like complaining about not having place cards and like being so verklempt about manners and then like bringing a bottle of Fireball, like the, that's, those two just don't match. Shouldn't you yeah, bring you down her? Like I understood her internally, like what she was feeling about place cards and where to sit. Like that's exactly how I feel at a dinner party, but I've never said it and made it the host's problem and made everyone play musical chairs to find me an appropriate seat that actually turned out to be the worst possible seat for me. Yeah. And like, I understood why she new to the group would want an assigned seat. It just makes it easier. It's less, it removes that level of weirdness, but it's like to just be so condescending, like putting your nose down another dinner party without place settings, like shut the fuck up. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Well, I feel like that's, that's it. It was a really crazy episode. I'm excited for tonight. We have Rahoni and Kardashians. Um, Kardashians looks so good. I know. I'm so excited. Oh my God. So last night I started watching because I finished Manhunt Unabomber. And if you were into Waco and you're like looking for more 90s stories because you missed all of the 90s, like me, I would totally watch it. Like it's not as, you know, cinema dramatically stellar as Waco, but it's still like such a crazy story. Um, so that was really enjoyable. And then I was looking for like more content. I wound up watching like some discovery channel, America in color where they like, it's the series where like each episode is like a decade starting in the twenties, but they use all old footage that they've colorized. So it's actually kind of cool to watch. And they just explain like what was going down. And there was some crazy shit happening that I've never heard about. Like this major hurricane in Miami in the twenties that just was like bigger than Katrina but like why would I know about that anyways it was kind of interesting but I don't think I'm gonna go back to it because now I'm up to the 1950s and I don't know it's just I am I'm watching season seven of RuPaul's Drag Race and it's like the talent for the um the guest judges is so supreme like now they had Ariana Grande uh they weirdly had Jessica Alba she was like so 
not the right person to be there. She was just promoting honest products. And like each time, each week there's a challenge and like someone wins. And when it's the guest, like you'll win something maybe directly correlated to the guest. So the person who won the challenge won a year's supply of honest company products. Like what the fuck does a drag queen need honest <laughs> company products for? I don't know. That's so funny. Isn't it a pair? I think it like a... A baby Sorry. stuff? No, I think it's both. Yeah. It's like, I think that's how it started, but now it's just like uh, clean beauty. It was, it was just weird. Like she literally only went on the show to promote her products. And the person who won was like, some people win like trips to Hawaii, like thousands of dollars in gowns or drag jewelry. They're like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to watch Jack Ryan. Snitch told me to watch it. That sounds like something you might like. I don't know. I never, uh, I kind of like military stuff, but I don't like fictional stuff, especially when it comes to like war. Like there's enough war stories to get a true one. So true. (laughs) Um, I think that's all we got for you guys. So thank you so much for listening to the Morning Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we, go, where we go live Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places wherever you listen to podcasts, find us. The Morning Toast, leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. We love you guys so much. We'll see you tomorrow for Friday. Bye.